Well, welcome to another segment of Let's Talk UNLV. On KUNV, you with co-host Keith and Renee. Renee, how was your weekend? Pretty chill. Enjoyed the weather. Uh, Wasn't it gorgeous? It was gorgeous. Had you know, Took a beautiful walk and uh, cooked some dinner and just watched some TV. What about you? Hold on, Renee. What, what did you cook? Hold on. I haven't had lunch <laughs> yet or breakfast, so, so give me a little bit. What did you cook? Some cabbage and hot links. <laughs> hot links I can do. The cabbage. Uh... Cabbage and hot links. As you can see, I'm not the healthiest either, so I'm <laughs> I'm all about the protein, 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 meat primarily source. <clears throat> but yeah, for the weekend, I didn't do much, you know, just sort of took it easy and probably did a little bit too much work work over the weekend. You know, we have some pressing deadlines on some deliverables, so I really spent the weekend in front of the computer, unfortunately. So I didn't get to go out and enjoy the weather. You know, I had planned, you know, my son has a hoverboard, so I had charged it. I was like, okay, I'm going to go out okay. and ride the hoverboard and follow him on the bicycle in the community. So we didn't get to do that, which he he told me I owe him big time on. So I'll, I'll make up for that next time. But, you know, I'm excited about this week's show. So we have some dynamic students with us today on the Minority Service Institution Student Council. We have members Christine Espinoza, Ava Carino, and Kashmir uh, Cardosa, so all welcome to the show. Could you maybe share a little bit about yourself on how you uh, may be connected or what's your standing at UNLV? would be great. I'm Christine Jan Espinoza. I am a second-year PhD in higher education student, and I'm also completing a certificate in assessment and evaluation at UNLV. Hello, I'm Ava Carino. I use she, they pronouns. I am currently a junior with sophomore credits because I am a triple major at UNLV with a majors in history, Asian American studies, and film. Um, I think this is to compensate the fact that I'm not in the STEM field and I am a Filipinx American woman. So is that. Well, you had me at triple major, so. Kashmir, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you could uh, share a little bit about yourself. Hello. Um, so my name is Kashmir Cardoso, and I'm also a uh, first-year doctoral student in uh, the School of Public Health with a concentration in epidemiology and biostatistics. And uh, I'm really happy to be here today, as well as a uh, being a member of a, the UNLV Minority Serving Institution Council, or Student Council, sorry. All right, so full disclaimer, I am their advisor, okay? So I take pride <laughs> in that work, but so glad to have you um, to talk about what you're doing. So let's talk about August when all of this uh, started. Uh, how did you come to be a part of the council? What have been some of the programming highlights that you have done thus far? Um, so before I became a member of the uh, Minority Serving Institutions Student Council. I, uh, um, I'd uh, always uh, served with uh, Mr. Uh, Jose Melandres with the Office of Community Health Partnerships. I've been uh, volunteering with his organization for a very long time, and um, he one day just emailed me and asked me if I wanted to be part of this council, and um, I looked into it, I read a little bit about it, and um, I was on board like right the moment I read the first sentence about it. So um, since then, um, that, yeah, I've been... Oh, and, <laughs> and so Ava and Christine, what about you? I started with NSI. I'm actually still um, SDSJ program assistant for the Athena community in which I create events and, you know, help try and figure out and bridge the gap between cultural diaspora, between our cultures and also American culture as well. Um, for MSISC, I was like, maybe I should do more with this. Maybe I can implement more into this. Um, I'm very proud and honored to be a part of this student council because not only do we have a wide variety of voices, but we also are able to bring in proposals, donations, and everything like that that we have not seen yet from an organization on campus. 
uh, the first event that I was personally part of was the was the virtual trivia night that was on October 21st, 2020. And it was so much fun. And it was also ex- exhilarating to see like all of the cahoots like going off and everyone's like, oh, no, I pressed the wrong one. Wait, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was so much fun doing that one. So it was around last July that I was approached by um, Dr. Blanca Rincon and Dr. Doris Watson, both from the Department of Educational Psychology and Higher Education, where uh, I am in, and they were looking for, uh, I guess they had shared with me the call for student nominations for the Minority Serving Institution Student Council. And I, I left also at the opportunity um, because for several, for many reasons, actually, because uh, previously, when I was um, a community college transfer student, I was a transfer student to another minority, a dual designated minority serving institution at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. So I, I've had this very personal experience attending an MSI in the past, and I know that um, part of my uh, decision making in choosing UNLV was because UNLV had the dual designations of being an Anapiti or an Asian American and Native American Pacific Islander serving institution and a Hispanic serving institution. Uh, so, in general, also my research interests are in race-conscious law and policies, which is including um, the Minority Serving Institution Program. So all of that combined, I I wanted to definitely get involved with a council that allowed me to kind of put uh, scholarships to practice, because I don't want to just read about MSIs and research about MSIs. I want to be part of decision-making that happens at our MSI at UNLV. Uh, And so a lot of the work that I've been reading and uh, thinking about did get incorporated into that cohort that uh, Ava was talking about um, in October. You know, that's that's dynamic to hear some of the events that have been sort of put on through this through this work. And I understand as individual committee members, you also have individual projects. So if you could give us a little bit of about sort of what what your project is, what what interests you to pursue that particular initiative and sort of what you expect. So where, where you are in that progress of your project implementation is right now. And we'll start with, with Ava, and then we'll go to Christine and then uh, Kashmir. Thank you for asking that question. Originally, when I joined the MSISD, I planned on doing a diversity requirement for UNLV. Now, this diversity requirement would have followed the suits of many UC schools, as well as the University of Washington, Seattle in which students would be exposed to ethnic studies and perhaps learn more about the cultures, whether that would be in Chicanx X study, African-American studies, indigenous studies, or even Asian American studies. Now, upon realizing that was not plausible at this time, I later changed my project into doing a scholarship for the Apime, or Asian Pacific Islander Middle Eastern students and first-generation students that extends outside of STEM. I saw that there was a need for scholarships for students outside of the medical field, outside of, you know, computer science and engineering, as it's trying to also break the stigma that we are part of the model minority myth. So therefore, I am extending the scholarship to all majors who the only qualifications are that they just need the usual, you know, GPA requirements, full-time classes, and is open to any major whenever you are medical art, humanities, philosophy, any of them. Because I, the purpose of that scholarship is to not only help our community, especially during these times where we've been economically devastated by COVID, but also the fact that we can see beyond research and STEM for the 
Opie May community. Thank you, Ava. Uh, Christine, could you share mm-hmm. a little bit about your project and then uh, Kashmir? Of course. So my individual project is entitled Count Us In Ethnicity Data Disaggregation at UNLV. So I am proposing Count Us In Ethnicity Data Disaggregation at UNLV with really the intention to advocate for this at the Nevada System of Higher Education um, level and adoption. But to really understand what disaggregate means, because I know that's not necessarily a word that gets used in our day-to-day, it's easiest to think about the mandated racial categories at the level of the U.S. Department of Education, because the umbrellas of Black or Native American and Alaskan Native, Latinx or Hispanic, or Asian and Pacific Islander, these large umbrellas tend to render invisible and do not acknowledge the vast heterogeneity within these existing racial categories. And so there are very real and material consequences if we're not considering how might students that are within subgroups uh, falling under those umbrellas get lost or not heard or um, not seen as important just because maybe at the umbrella level it looks like folks are doing well or maybe there's not um, enough data to support like a specialized program or policy or action, right? So I've been weeding with several senior level administrators as well as students um, trying to ask, uh, what can we do to try to push this forward? And uh, I, I'm, I feel very honored and humbled to work with so many folks that we're going to be testing uh, an iteration of an expanded or disaggregated list at UNLV amongst students uh, through a partnership with UNLV Student Affairs. So shout out to Sunny Gittens and Judd Harbin uh, for really working with me uh, as far as UNLV Student Affairs side. Um, and uh, Larry from CAEO and I have also been looking at the list to be tested um, next month. So we hope that this feedback and testing can inform the decision-making around the final list to be used at UNLV and hopefully beyond. Kashmir? So my program or my initiative is actually um, called uh, Rise to the Challenge. And um, the reason why I envisioned this, uh, this program is because um, as a student at UNLV, I... Um, overcame a lot of barriers, a lot of uh, obstacles in terms of actually getting into an undergraduate program, then I'm following through and getting accepted into a graduate program at UNLV. So um, a lot of times, um, especially as a first-generation student, you rarely uh, see anyone in your family move forward with their education and um, go to college, graduate from college, to pursue a graduate career. So um, again, it's it's up based on a lot of my own personal experience. And um what I kind of envisioned was to help the minority student or first-generation student or anyone who wants to go to graduate school but can't or has barriers in place that do not enable them to go into a, a graduate-level education or receive their graduate-level education. So uh, with the rise of the challenge, uh, what I envision is providing to the students is application of financial assistance. So being able to pay for a GRE prep course, paying for the examination, and then uh, helping them with uh, financial assistance as far as the application process. And then uh, also um, providing mentorship services, so actually guiding them through the application process and providing them that mentor or one-on-one relationship building to uh, successfully complete the application, but also um, kind of um, build and bridge a gap between them and the community as far as, like, who else is out there? Who else can identify with that looks someone like me or has the same passion for education or for whatever career field I want to go into and uh, basically build that connection and, you know, just uh, bring it all together. And uh, that's what I really envision with this program. And um, so far, it's 
it's going great. Um, for this semester, we have eight students, and uh, we've actually uh, recently got them um, GRE prep courses as far as, uh, and also um, uh, we've actually been able to work in uh, the LSAT course and the GMAT course, which will be available for other students in the future. So um, hopefully um, this program continues to uh, grow in, in numbers and uh, get more students. And, uh, you know, I just want to someday envision and, you know, see more of a diversity in the graduate college at UNLV versus just me sitting at a, you know, in a classroom and just seeing myself as the only minority um, Latinx student in a social work program. So I kind of just want to continue diversifying the, the graduate program and continue bringing more uh, people of color into the program as well. So each of you in your own way talked about this being an opportunity to, you know, uh, eliminate or uh, reduce uh, barriers. And, and so I'm curious, uh, given the the menu of student leadership opportunities that are available at UNLV, what makes this leadership leadership opportunity distinct um, as you chart your way to remove barrier, barriers for the, you know, for the communities that you talk about? Uh, so how I think serving on this council is different than uh, perhaps like registered student orgs on campus. Um, I think about like actually our previous student council meeting uh, and really reflecting on these various initiatives that we had just spoken about that Kashmir, Ava, and I have gotten a chance to even share a little bit about here in this space. Because I, I think um, that, for me at least, like I, I can dream about data disaggregation all on my own, maybe in my little corner, but um, I think perhaps serving on this MSI Student Council with that particular, um, I guess, additional responsibility or role in really leading um, or helping facilitate uh, um, an initiative is unique. Um, and I do want to say that serving on the MSI Student Council has just given me an opportunity to work with incredibly brilliant student leaders that I might n never have had the chance to meet otherwise. And even if we're still in this remote learning and teaching environment too, I'm, I'm so, I'm so um, I guess, honored and, and really blessed to even get to meet them even in this virtual space. And I know we come from different parts of campus, as you even heard here, like we all represent different majors. And I also think serving on the MSI Student Council has at least given me an opportunity to be in decision-making conversations and spaces with key UNLV admin and faculty to move those initiatives even further, right? So like, I think that in and of itself, that access and opportunity to like be, the, be a student voice in those in very important circles is important to... Uh, pushing for and advocating for tangible changes at UNLV. Ava Kashmir, did you want to add something? I can add something. So I'm actually really glad that I was nominated to be a part of MSISC. Um, I felt as if I can make more of an impact. Now, I am not, I'm not going to say that I'm the face of the optimist community at UNLV because I am not. I am not by a long shot. But knowing that we have the ability to work with not only undergraduate students, but also grad students, international students. It expands uh, my position and what I can do as a student leader and really get to know the UNLV community as a whole, instead of being like, I'm only going to focus on the academic community that are undergraduates. That's a very niche community at UNLV. But understanding and knowing what people go through on campus, we can 
get proposals together. We can talk to higher administration through uh, Dr. Watson because she has these connections. And I'm very, very happy to have these types of connections. Um, not only that, uh, I would be able to help students with whatever they may need and understand that even if we may come from a lot of different identities and um, cultures, that should not, you know, that should not prevent us from, from helping them and becoming, you know, at the end of the day, running rebels. Uh, because at a whole, we are still, you and all these students, we're still trying to navigate everything that's happening in this pandemic that is still going on. So one thing that I, I feel like has actually made this experience like super wonderful and super great is the fact that um, I was able to identify a barrier or a few barriers that uh, I experienced as a student and then um, use that experience and basically break them down for other students. And uh, it's just, it's amazing how this uh, council actually gave me the opportunity that uh, so many people would dream, only dream about and only, you know, possibly never get the chance to actually work out a whole program and work out like a whole plan to implement and um, actually take forward. Um, a lot of times um, only upper management are allowed to take uh, experiences like this and actually put them into a, uh, a plan and set in a place where this year um, we're just students and we're just basically getting the experience and the, the resources that we need to, you know, as students implement these plans and make our visions or dreams, you know, come to reality. And, and again, it's, it's implementing change and it's breaking down those barriers for other students. And I think it's just, it's been an amazing experience and it's definitely been a, an eye-opening experience for me as a student. And I know Ava and, and Cashman, you mentioned in your individual projects about providing direct support and services to, for students. So, could you speak to what has been some of the responses from the students when you've reached out to them or what they've responded to the call to receive the scholarships or the graduate, the graduate school support? So my uh, scholarship still isn't implemented yet, but I'm hoping I can do it in the next semester or at least uh, by spring break, even if that's even possible. But um, I know personally when I, when I ask my friends or I ask like, what do y'all need? Uh, from students from the MSI SC, they're like, we need scholarships. Especially my friends who are in the humanities, who are either first generation or they're in the APIME diaspora, they often say there are only scholarships for those who are in like nursing, computer science, engineering. And those are fantastic career choices. Absolutely fantastic career choices. And I know like those majors are difficult to get into and I am not like putting them down anyway whatsoever. But a lot of my friends also feel isolated because of the fact that they might be psychology or philosophy and law or film majors. And they're like, there's really no scholarships out there for us by the UNLV community. So that is another reason why um, my scholarship is so important to me. And also um, the response I've had, the response I've had, um, Lately, is it's very much like, oh, my God, I can't wait till it's like out and everything like that. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, Kashmir, could you share what your response has been from students? Yes. Um, so I'm currently uh, conducting interviews uh, with students that apply for the scholarship. Um, so, so far, I've gotten four interviews done with uh, a few more to go. But uh, so far, like the responses have all been 
I don't want to say similar, but somewhat somewhat near the same area. Um, they've all been super grateful and super thankful that this this opportunity exists because um, some of the responses I received is that uh, there's other focuses as far as financial a financial focus that they would rather put their time and money into versus you know paying for a GRE prep course. Yes, they they care about being a very potential candidate for for a, a graduate college or a graduate program, but um, they just can't afford the the, the prep course overall. Uh, looking at a a uh, Kaplan prep course is nine nine hundred dollars, almost a thousand dollars to take the course and you know at the end uh, take the examination, which in the end actually comes out to a thousand five hundred, I believe, for each student. So by being able to provide these uh, prep courses and being able to pay for the examination, it's actually um, it's taking a huge stress load from the student and, uh, you know, having them, allowing them to focus their, their mindset on something else, something more important, like their personal statement or uh, where they would want to contribute as far as uh, their education. So um, they're all super grateful. They're all super, you know, excited to be able to apply for a program and actually see some form of assistance when it comes to their finances or become, when it comes to a, a social support for their, their, uh, for them. So we can get you out of here on this last question. I know MSI week uh, is coming March 1st through March 5th. And so we only have five minutes left. So if you could really share with us, what are the highlights of that week? Christine? Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to share highlights for the week. So the UNLV Minority Serving Institution Student Council has been working behind the scenes in preparation for this upcoming MSI week from March 1st through 5th. Uh, and we have some events that we have been brainstorming to still um, engage students, faculty, and staff, even in this remote setting, while also still celebrating and honoring the university's dual NAPZ and HSI designations. Uh, so some events include uh, the MSI Student Council is sponsoring uh, an NC Healthcare Workers Lunch throughout appreciation throughout the entire week, so from Monday, March 1st through March 5th. Uh, we will also be highlighting the student council members themselves, as well as individual projects that week. This podcast will also go live <laughs> during that week of MSI week. Uh, we will make other announcements um, as far as other funds that the MSI student council is supporting, such as the SOS Emergency Relief Fund, uh, the Immigration Clinic um, Fund, and others. Uh, and then our premier event or our signature event will be on Friday, March 5th. Uh, a conversation with faculty UNLV as an MSI, NAPZ, and HSI uh, that will be held from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you folks want more information, you can uh, check out our Instagram uh, at UNLV MSISC, uh, as well as if you want to check out the panel, uh, you can check out tinyurl.com forward slash MSI panel. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you for joining the show. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, Renee, I think about when I was a student and some of the things that they're doing, I was the ultimate <laughs> slacker, right? You know, my biggest concern was just going to class and hanging out in the then student union, the Moyer Student Union. So that, you know, but just to hear, you know, on the takeaway side that, you know, the dynamic and diverse individual projects that, that these three students are, are engaged in and that they're thoughtful projects that really address the emerging needs of students that sort of fall into this MSI category and HSI category. And, you know, just 
in particular, you know, I was just drawn into the scholarship component with just really recognizing, identifying students and disciplines with limited scholarship opportunities. And then also with the necessity to really diversify graduate school enrollment and being mindful of the unique needs that these students face and how do we provide them with resources to help them be better represented in graduate school. So I thought those were two dynamic projects. And then just lastly, you know, there's this aggregation project. You know, it, it resonates with me as well because we, too, are working on a similar project within, within our organization. It's important to understand the unique challenges that may be embedded within the umbrella term of performance with some of the ethnicity and race categories as they're currently constructed. So, Renee, what were some of your takeaways from today? Well, I'm just um, mindful of all the hard work. I mean, this group started in August 2020 in the midst of COVID, but they did not let this stop them. Uh, the proposals that they came forward with, their budget request, have all just been phenomenal. And uh, to know that they only get a $2,000 stipend uh, to do this work um, and that they would put themselves in places to make change because of their experiences and they're trying to reduce barriers. And they've done homecoming. They've done first generation week. They've done a spring kickoff. And they've also now uh, are tackling MSI week in addition to their individual projects. To do all that, like I said, again, in the midst of COVID, um, it is just out, just remarkable. And so I look forward to, to March 1st and March 5th. And I'm sorry, March 1st through March 5th for all the events that are planned and looking forward to seeing what the MSISC has in store. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of KUNV Let's Talk UNLV. For my co-host, Keith, I'm Renee. Tune in next week, Wednesday at 12 on KUNV 91.5 Jazz and More. That's a wrap. <laughs>